Welcome back to another episode of Hooked on Fantasy. It is Tuesday, December 7th, whenever you're listening to this. We're recording it on Monday night before Monday Night Football, so we are not going to get into that game today. We'll be getting into that on Wednesday's episode. Uh, just a heads up ahead of time. We have another great show for you guys today. We're talking about players that we think will win you your fantasy league. Going to have a bunch of tangents on this one. Should be a fun time. A little bit of news and notes, but uh, yeah, that's what we got going for you today. Akash, how you doing? I'm doing well. What about you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I just got some water. We we recorded uh, back-to-back episodes today. So the episode you listened to yesterday, uh, we just finished about about a half hour ago. So uh, we're, we are on the grind today, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, I won't waste so much time. Uh, let's, let's hop right into these news and notes. We don't really have anything for you because we just covered all the news from today and last, uh, the episode you listened to yesterday, Monday. A um, little bit of news, though. So the Giants have been very uh, injury-riddled at the quarterback position le- recently with uh, Daniel Jones and now Mike Glennon also being injured, uh, the long neck king, uh, Mike Glennon. So now Jake Fromm, uh, who was drafted by the Buffalo Bills uh, just a short time ago, is in line to possibly make his first career start on Sunday, uh, which could be a hot mess, um, but uh, it should be, should be entertaining, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, I think they play the Rams, right? Yeah, the Rams do. defense probably roster in a lot of leagues, but they're going to be so chalky because Jake Fromm is really, really bad. Really bad. Very bad. Very, very bad. Well, uh, did you see, real quick, this isn't really relevant because when you're listening to this on Tuesday, the game already happened, but we talked in the last episode uh, for Monday about how there should be some bad weather tonight. It, <laughs> there's a ton of clips now on Twitter about how bad the weather is for, t- for tonight's game, for Monday's game. Uh, there's like 22-mile-per-hour wind. Up to 55 mile per hour wind gusts and like pouring rain. I, I quote tweeted it and said, "Yeah, Patriots win." So I think the Patriots are going to win. That's my prediction. Uh, by the time this comes out, we'll see if I'm right. Uh, should crazy. be interesting to see. And then uh, I see you added some of the doc here about Vangio and Melvin Gordon. Yeah, he just said something about it, uh, like five minutes ago, where he said that um, Vangio said Gordon will be back to practice sometime this week. So. So, so just a little update on the timeline. Uh, I think that he's back this week. And then, and he also said that it probably goes back to, like, he's like, oh, the tandem has worked. They're both playing their roles. Like, really coach speaky, right? It's like mm-hmm. maybe it goes back to 50-50 split. If you just go off that, you probably think it does. I think there's a good chance it does just because Melvin Gordon's been decent this year. He's been good enough to stave off the Javante total breakout, right? He certainly hasn't been bad, you know. I mean, I mean they paid him a lot of money. He's they're definitely gonna use him for the rest of the season if he's healthy. Um, I, I would like to see some more Javante. I mean, everyone would, but uh, you know, you can't really fault him for playing for playing Gordon. I mean, they exactly. paid him a lot of money. Right. So I get it, I get it, you know. Maybe yeah. maybe a little little halter on the Javante end of season breakout. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. But, I mean, if Gordon gets hurt again, we, we could have a Jonathan Taylor end of season for Javante. We'll find other league winners if Melvin Gordon comes back and just has a 50% opportunity to share again. That would suck. Yes. But uh, speaking of league winners, yeah, we both did the same transition. We are doing uh, season league winners today. We're good. What would you say? We're, we're seasoned vets in this. Oh, yeah, of course. We've recorded so many uh, episodes. Uh, so we both brought I, – I have in the dock for three, but Akash threw in – six or seven i can't tell that's seven so that's we're gonna seven. have a lot to talk about it should be fun we'll, i'm sure we'll go on some tangents this yeah. first one's gonna be interesting um i put a monroe st brown uh no. he had a great game you said no immediately no yeah immediately. Well, okay let, let, let me get the case for him 
All right, last two weeks, he has 96% and 98% of snaps. The Detroit Lions need a wide receiver really badly. And uh, last week, he well, last week, Sunday, he put up 10 catches on 12 targets for 86 yards in the game-winning touchdown, uh, which is great, especially in PPR leagues. He had an awesome performance. And uh, let me pull up this quote that Jared Goff uh, said about him earlier after the game. Let me scroll back down here and find it. He talked very highly of him. Yeah, here's the quote. This is Jared Goff speaking on Amon St. Brown, who was one of my favorite prospects coming out of uh, college from USC this past season. He said, quote, he's a stud. He's a stud and will be a stud for a long, as long as he wants to be in this league. He's been on our mind, and I'm sure Dan Campbell would say it as well. I'm trying to get him the ball for the past six weeks now, probably. I think today it showed up. Just trying to get him involved and getting the ball in space, what he can do in space. He's a freak, and he did those, some of those things today. So uh, Jared Goff really likes him. Jaron Campbell likes him. He's a talented player. I did a whole film breakdown thread of him on my Twitter account. If you go scroll back a little bit, um, he's a great player. I think Amonor St. Brown is capable of, you know, developing into a great player long-term. And I, I would love to see him kind of, you know, turn it on here down the stretch. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm following the exact opposite side of it. So coming out of USC, he had the, um, you know, everyone focuses on breakout age. I, th- I think breakout age, um started as like an underrated metric because no one paid attention to it and then it was like every like the only thing people paid attention to but it's still it's part of the puzzle it's not all the puzzle he had an 18 year old uh breakout age at a 20 percent market share but he never broke 30 percent. he was always at like mediocre not mediocre he was just at usc and he never smashed any of the boxes here right? he was like just okay and that's what led people including me coming out to say like yeah this guy um if he gets drafted in round two or three which is what i expected i think he'll end up i think he could be a wide receiver i think he has like a ceiling of being a wide receiver too a decent slot guy right like a tyler boyd but not as good right and then he got and then the nfl passed on him in round one two and three a bunch of wide receivers went before him the nfl basically said this guy is not good enough to be drafted in rounds two or three right and so i really don't understand why he fell still he didn't fall. He just didn't go highly. I don't think he. I, I think that this wasn't. This was definitely within his range of outcomes to be drafted in, in uh, day three or late, uh, day three instead of day two, right? And sure. so the NFL didn't like him. They said he was bad. He's um, not thriving or anything. It's not like he's some smash prospect this year in a room where the Lions have no wide year where Lions have no wide receivers in their wide receiver room, right? It's opening the doors for him to have a. Uh, some opportunity to succeed, get on the field, right? He has seven plus targets in only four games this year. And on there, he only has four games above like a 20% target share. So he's not smashing any boxes by any means. I think this was his first like good game of the year, like actually good and not just decent game of the year. Right. Um, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to say, I think this might be a trend of things to come on over the, the last year, few weeks. His usage has gone up, but on the year, he's barely out targeting a guy like, Khalif Raymond, right? And he's still going to be the third option when DeAndre Swift comes back uh, and he's still behind TJ Hawkinson, right? I just don't see a path for him to be more than a wide receiver three this year. And I think next year that when they bring in more competent wide receivers, I think they'll draft guys or bring guys in free agency. I, I just think that he won't have much sticking power. This is like what Darius Slayton did um, for the Giants in 2019 when he was drafted. They were It was a desolate wide receiver room. And that's what let him get on the field, make some plays. Um, but when they brought in better wide receivers, he was just 
he just isn't having much of an impact because he's really not that good. I think it's a similar mold for him. I mean, I understand mm-hmm. it. I, I just think that he is – I think he's better than what you're giving him credit for. Uh, he's a really talented player. Uh, I just think they need to give him the ball more, honestly. I I, um, I, I liked his college production personally. I just had it pulled up. I accidentally closed yeah. out of it. but His college um, production was fine. It was just that he, the NFL determined that he wasn't good enough to be – He played five games last season in college. Yeah. He had 478 receiving yards and seven touchdowns in five games. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, he's a great player. I think. I mean, I honestly don't understand why he dropped out of like the third round. I think he's. I, I liked his film a lot. I think he showed a lot of positive traits, and I, I think he flashed. And I honestly think that Detroit's a good landing spot for him uh, long term because he has the opportunity to establish his role early. Uh, I do think a lot of people have the Detroit Lions drafting a wide receiver in round 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 two uh, this coming draft, but um, which is obviously a good thing for the entire team. But I think it's also it could be a good thing for him on Raw just because I don't think he's the, the dominant alpha build wide receiver. I comped him to Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, it's because uh, he's a, a re- relatively similar build. He's a physical player. He can do a bit of everything. And I think he is not a stud X wide receiver, but he can do a lot of the things that you're looking for. And I think that he has potential down the stretch here to start putting together some good games. I mean, they – Won their first game uh, this past Sunday, and guess who had the most targets on the team? Amon St. Brown. I just think it's possible. You know, um, obviously, I'm not saying this is indicative of the future necessarily, but I am predicting an increased workload for him for the rest of the season. Essentially, I'm not saying that he's gonna yeah. you know get 12 targets a game, but he it's could possible. be more. He, I think they want to get the ball to him more. I mean, that quote from Golf I mentioned earlier, saying that like he's been wanting to get the ball to him all season, and uh, it really started to you know come together. He thinks he's a good player, and um, on the season, I like him. Like he's um, on, on the season, he has uh, five-ish targets per game. Like I think sure. it's it's within the cards for him to have seven, eight targets per game for the rest of the season. But even so, he's those are low a dot slot targets. They're really not that valuable. I mean, when I say seven targets per game, it's like some games he'll have four, some he'll have twelve. Right? It's this is you're looking at. Cole Beasley or Jameson Crowder, right? I just don't find it very valuable. If, yeah, if, I mean, and I that's the feeling, I think. I understand it, but I don't know. I mean, I, this last game probably was his ceiling, but I'm saying, like, if he gets the targets, I mean, he could be, like, a, a decent version of, like, a Michael Pittman kind of workload. I mean, if it goes well. You know what I mean? Like, like what he's capable of is that. Like, a, a wide receiver room doesn't have much – you know, I, I think that he's talented and the quarterback wants to get on the ball. I just think it's something that we can keep an eye on. Yeah. And I like him for Dynasty. I really do. I really I think do it's like him. Big sell for Dynasty. If you can get a two for him, like. Oh, for sure. If you get a second round pick for him, go for but it. You but I, I do like him. You did. Yeah. I would still do it, though. I would take a second round for him. Which is basically saying, like, yeah, this guy was a bad pick. Which he was about. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was. He hasn't done much this year. But, I mean, I do like him long-term still. I am a fan. You know, you were drafting him for the opportunity that he supposedly he walked into when he didn't mm-hmm. walk into any opportunity because he's not amazing. Anyways, that's a – well, like we said, we're, there's going to be tangents on this show. That's a good tangent. Yeah, I definitely think that it's uh, – I, I want to see how it plays out. I think that the Detroit – 
Lions address the wide receiver position in a big way, and that really pushes Amara St. Brown out of anything that you want for fantasy. Like we saw with Jameson Crowder when the Jets got actual wide receivers. Sure. Yeah, I understand that. I'm just like, I think it's a little different just because he's so young still. Like he has a lot of room to grow and develop. Like it's not, it's not like Jamison Crowder in a sense. Like he's a veteran. We know what he is. We don't know what Amon Ross St. Brown is yet. You know, like that's the only, that's the benefit of the doubt I'll give him. We have, we have um, yeah. there's a long history of day three guys that have that who peak in their rookie seasons. That's true. That's true. I understand that. But Robert Robert Foster. That's the name I was forgetting earlier. There you go. Okay. That's fair. I understand. But you know, I, I just like his long term potential. I think he I think he's a name to watch. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, anyway, let's let's, let's keep moving here. Do you, you want to hit one of your first guys or you want me to just you want to just go down the show doc here? Yeah, Lombardi Lenny. Uh I like me it. and Dynasty underscore I am on Twitter have been just hammering by Lenny and Dynasty for a second. For like mid to late second, because that's what his price was a few weeks ago. I've been saying that and as well. He's like my favorite dynasty by low. He's continue so continue to reap the rewards because this is a workhorse on a terrific offense. He's only 26. There's a lot of um in his price that says uh I think this guy doesn't have a role next year. Right? I definitely think that he very well could have a role. Rest of the season, he's obviously seeing a terrific workload. He has a 65% opportunity share in a really good offense. We saw against the Colts, like good offense, good player good workload leads like a bunch of touchdowns a lot of yards a lot of scoring he's a good receiver he has a uh, 14 target share on the year this is a guy that has top eight uh upside at the running back position and that and um definitely think that like redraft people are thinking a lot higher than in uh dynasty but a lot of people still aren't um like fully on board sure yeah i understand i mean leonard fournette i mean i think people Kind of still have like a the connotation in the back of their head about like the whole like split with him and Rojo, but it's yeah. not a thing. It's not a thing. People, yeah, no, nah, no one's rocking with Rojo anymore. He's like, no, it's Le- it's Leonard Fournette, and Leonard yep. Fournette has been very good this year. They feed him the rock, they pound the rock, and he gets a lot of touchdowns, a lot of goal line carries, and he looks good too. I mean, he's a powerful downhill runner, and he always has been. Um, I think he has plenty of juice left. He has plenty of juice left. I like him for Dynasty a lot. I like him for the stretch run a lot. The Bucks are going to score a lot of points. And, uh, I mean, it's not like he's not catching the ball either. I mean, last uh, Sunday, he uh, the Buccaneers passed the ball in every single play of the opening drive. And you're probably like, oh, that's not good. I mean, they're, they're not running the ball. I guess you caught a passing touchdown. Leonard Fournette. It's possible, man. He, he's not as bad as a receiving back as people think. Um, he's, actually, you know, he's a really good receiving back. He exactly. Is like, He's one of the few running backs uh, over the last 10 years to have a season of 250-plus carries and 100 targets. And that spells mm-hmm. crazy, crazy upside. He has yep. six-plus targets in his last four games. And it, over the season, he only has one game lower than four targets. It's It's been a really good season for him. He's just terrific, uh, like the safety valve for Tom Brady. People entering Tom Brady's first year in Tampa, they're like, Let's find who's going to be the James White. And that led them to overdrafting uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. And then Leonard Fournette gets there. Didn't do much last year. He had a receiving role last year, but it wasn't as much uh, because it wasn't on the field as much because that was Ronald Jones mm-hmm. this year. He's just completely taken over the workhorse role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. He, he's been crushing it, seriously. Like, Lenny is everything you could have wanted him to be and more for fantasy this season. 
Um, I was aboard the Rojo train. I thought it was Ronald Jones's time this year. Uh, I was very, very, very mistaken. I mean, Rojo, I mean, a lot of people fell into that trap. Uh, Leonard Fournette just established himself as the alpha, uh, the guy who can carry that workload that people want, and uh, he's been crushing it. Um, yeah, he, he's yeah. been fantastic. Uh, let's keep the ball. Let's keep the ball rolling here. Um, I'll sit on my second one. It's Javante Williams, in my opinion. He, he's just after what we saw on Sunday, he crushed it with the workload. And uh, if Melvin Gordon gets tweaked or isn't come, comes back and isn't one hundred percent, Javante can take over this backfield, and then he has that potential. You know, we saw Jonathan Taylor do that at the back stretch of last season, combined with a weak schedule, and just absolutely smashed. Uh, Javante Williams could do the exact same thing. Maybe not the exact same. But if Melvin Gordon goes down, I mean, last night he had 178 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Um, if he gets the full workload for the rest of the season, Javante Williams will be an absolute superstar and can carry your team on his back to the fantasy championship. So that's why he definitely is on this list for me. Even though it's possible, it might not happen. Uh, Javante has a big chance to uh, really just put your team on his back down the stretch. There's tremendous upside there, like relative to. Right, he's probably just a wide receiver. Not wide receiver. He's probably a running back three, as long as Melvin Gordon has a role. But there's a there's a small chance that Melvin Gordon doesn't get right. There's a chance that he doesn't reclaim his um opportunity share that he had before he got hurt. There's definitely upside. I don't I don't think it happens, but it's what you drafted Javante for, man. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, this is why you drafted Javante Williams. Same thing that happened with Jonathan Taylor last year as well. I mean, it's kind of like the same reason he people liked him so much this season because like, Oh, better running back in front of a run, a young rookie who has workhorse potential. I mean, sign me up. That's exactly what happened this past season with Javante and fantasy draft season. And it happened last year with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, why don't you hit on some of these? Let's go a little quicker. Uh, we were at 17 minutes already. Let's, uh, let's pound through these. Yeah. Um, I said, I put Elijah Moore. He has upside for the rest of the season. I'm not a big fan of splits and just saying, like, this is when he started playing well. So I'm going to say since this week, he has this many PPR points. But it is uh, notable that Corey Davis now for the season and over the last uh, over the last three games, Elijah Moore has over 30% target share um, in all three games. Obviously, that's not to say he'll have a 30% target share going forward. On the season, he has an 18.6% target share. And that's really with only getting involved in the offense uh, around after their bye. Um, so I, de- I, de- I think it's reasonable to expect uh, like 20 to 22% target share going forward. I definitely think that's within the cards. And that's, um, he'll, he'll be a rock solid wide receiver too for the rest of the season, I think. If not a wide receiver three because of a bad QB play or if the offense doesn't pass a lot. Which is definitely possible because it's a horrible offense with a sure QB who's shown flashes, but overall has not been amazing. Sure, I, I actually really like Elijah Moore, and uh, I like him a lot more now after I saw him succeed this past week with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Um, <laughs> I was I was sold on him uh, with Joe Flacco and Mike White and all those guys playing because they were hyper targeting him for some reason. Uh, he was being very efficient and he was doing really well. He's super talented. He was he was a really good prospect coming out. I was a big fan of his smashing him in rookie drafts all over the place in dynasty league says he's super talented and landed in a good landing spot in my opinion um yeah. more is been playing fantastic uh he's been playing better than most of the rookie wide receivers uh over the past few weeks and he's been a top 24 guy consistently um i think more it could be a consistent flex play 
uh, to wide receiver two even for the rest of the season uh, if he keeps this up. I, he, he's been really, really good, and he's been kind of the driving force of the New York Jets offense, honestly. The running game has not been very good, been pretty much a patchwork backfield. Um, yeah. You know, Corey Davis is injured now. No one's really stepped out for those wide receivers, but Elijah Moore has over the past few weeks. They've given him the opportunity, and he's made the most of it. So I'm definitely on board for Elijah Moore. Oh, yeah. Moore is the best player on that offense for sure. I don't by, think, for, by far. I have no doubt about that at this point right now. I think uh, as a, as Zach Wilson grows, I think those two – if Zach Wilson can hit his potential, then those two can be a deadly combo because Moore is just Absolutely. a fantastic rookie. For sure. Well, why don't you hit on this uh, the other Elijah here, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, it's um never been a big Elijah Mitchell fan, but that's mostly because of the job fragility going into uh next season. He's been getting good opportunity, and as well, he's been getting good usage in the passing game. He's been running mm-hmm. the most routes for the offense for the last few weeks, and he has above sixty percent opportunity share in pretty much every single game he hasn't left early, and that he has above seventy in quite a few games. And as well, I'm not a big strength of schedule guy, but it is. Uh, a nice bonus that his schedule for the rest of the season is pretty good. So this is a team that likes to run the ball. And when they're running the ball, a lot of the carries are going to Elijah Mitchell. And when they're passing the ball to running backs, Elijah Mitchell's the running back out there who's running the vast majority of routes over the last two weeks. It was Jermichael Hasty at one point, but he's missed time. Uh, Mitchell's really stepped up in the passing game. I definitely think there's upside for the rest of the season, especially with the, the schedule giving him even higher of a ceiling. I think he could be a league winner. I absolutely agree. I mean, Elijah Mitchell's been fantastic the past few weeks. The workload and the schedule matchup is what you want to see for your fantasy league winners. And Elijah Mitchell fits the bill perfect. Uh, Let's move on to the tight end number one overall in points per game this season. Uh, Mr. Washed, binge drinking, party animal, the Gronk Spike. (laughs) U.S. Those commercials make me want to hurt myself, man. They're so bad. Awful. The Rob Gronkowski USAA insurance commercials make me want to hurt myself. The acting is so bad. I don't know why. Like, I think, okay, the thing is, like, Gronk's done so many ads before. Like, I don't remember his acting being this atrocious. Like, I don't know if the director was just an idiot or he's just that bad of an actor or both. But, like, it's so cringe, man. I swear. So cringe. Crazy it's how bad so it is. cringe. Yep. Literally Not just posting great. cringe online. But why, why don't we get into why he's so good for, for fantasy? Well, obviously, um, like you said, he's a tight end one points per game right now. I don't expect that to continue just because it's been on the back of some – a lot of – like obviously when you miss time and you have a lower sample size of games, it's easier to show up well because low sample size, it's easier to do well. Um, he also has multiple games with – two touchdowns only a 15 percent target share which isn't ideal but that's just leaving a couple games early and playing partial snaps sometimes i don't know but on the season he has 0.38 yard targets per hour run which is really really solid i think that that's um, very good yeah he'll get he'll get back up to um he'll get back up to full snaps like he already has uh over the over the last couple weeks uh, mm-hmm. This is a team that passes a lot when you have a, a, a weapon on an offense that passes a lot and he gets targeted a lot and he gets a lot of red zone targets. You have tremendous upside. Um, and also the Antonio Brown situation. He's suspended for the next couple, two two more games. And then there's two also more. uncertainty if they're even going to keep him on the team 
uh, when he's back. If he, if there was more certainty, I would put him on this list because when healthy, he was a wide receiver one himself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's upside to him too if he even comes back. But I think that Gronk has uh, established himself as like almost, <clears throat> almost a must-play tight end because he the is. upside is fantastic. I think he's a must-play. I mean, he's the tight end number one overall in points per game right now. He hasn't played many games this season. He started off red hot and then got hurt and came back, but he's still been really good. Um, yeah, I'm a like, big fan well, of Gronk. Like, I who really do you am. take over him for the rest of the season? Kelsey and Kittle? Is that it? And Waller. Yeah, he's hurt, but it, he's hurt, him. and his, uh, his, his production hasn't been fantastic. I expect I'll it. still take him. I can't not fade Waller. He gets too many targets. Um, he's been let's, move, let's move on though to another uh wide receiver has been very underrated this season. Uh, Hollywood Brown, uh, how you feeling about Hollywood down the stretch and why do you like him so I'm much? I'm feeling good. This is a team that's been passing more last year. He had a good target share, the offense just wasn't passing as much. But this year, the target share has stayed pretty good. He has a 26% target share on the year, and with the increased passing, it's led to nine targets per game, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, they're also valuable targets because he is more of a down-the-field receiver. In points per game, he's a low-end wide receiver one. I think that the schedule allows itself that he can have some terrific ceiling weeks because, like I said, they're value- he's getting valuable targets. And so um, there's potential long touchdowns. They'll win you weeks. And so Hollywood Brown has the potential for that, but he also has just terrific volume in general. So I think that this offense could uh, – Lamar's been like a bad – last couple games like but to be fair i don't know the steelers always give him the steelers always give lamar a hard time mm-hmm. i don't know why um but the, what however they scheme against him it always works he always has a tough time against the steelers for some reason but i do yeah. agree i like hollywood a lot like you said i mean i'll keep it short those valuable targets those downfield targets is what you love to see and he gets plenty um so hollywood yeah. is always has been this season and continues to be a great a fantasy weekly start Let's hop into my last guy here, um, T. Higgins. Uh, I was actually kind of off T. Higgins this season for the most part just because i you know, huge Jamar Chase fan. But uh, T. Higgins over the last few weeks, I mean, Jamar Chase, I think he's been drawing more coverage attention uh, than he was earlier in the season, combined with some missed opportunities here and there just due to regression. Um, Higgins has been great. He's, he's had a lot of touchdowns, a lot of down-the-field valuable targets, as you mentioned with Hollywood. He's really been looking awesome, too. I've been watching the last few Bengals games. and I mean, Higgins, he passes the eye test every way. He's a truly talented uh, wide receiver, and I think he is poised to end the season very strong with Jamar Chase getting so much attention and coverage. Yeah, for, for shame. Weren't you uh, Weren't you a big Joe Burrow fan entering the year? Absolutely. For shame. And you faded T. Higgins just because Jamar Chase Correct. was there. Correct. Correct. The, the, you should take away from this. Uh, you can have two good wide receivers in an offense, man. Come on. Correct. Come on. But the market is better. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you'll find anyone who disagrees with you. John Helm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Higgins has uh, all the John, by the way, John, if you're listening to this for some reason, I love you so much. You're handsome. Come on the podcast. I would love to have him on the podcast. That sounds That'd be super fun. Cool. Actually, I might reach out to him. All right, bet that sounds great. Sounds great. Next on my list, um, is it a cop out answer? Very well, might be a cop out answer. I'm I'm gonna say Cooper Cup and Austin yes. Eckler. Yeah, is it a cop out answer to say both Absolutely. those two? You'll you'll find it. Um, it's it, it's surprisingly obvious answer because 
big shocker. The guys who score the most points uh, are guys who are already scoring points and have terrific peripherals, right? So both those guys are already scoring points and have great peripherals. So there's no reason to expect them not to be fantasy league winners because they've already been winning people leagues. And I've, I see no reason why that shouldn't continue. Simple answer. They're both like uh, Eckler has like 22 ish points per game at running back. He's uh, RB. He's been crushing. Eckler's yeah. so consistent. Yeah. Like the workload he gets is awesome. Cup has like 25 points per game, a wide receiver and he's wide receiver Eat points per game. Breakfast with your quarterback kids. That's the only yeah. lesson you need. Eat exactly. your breakfast with your quarterbacks. Eat your Honey Nut Cheerios and your Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Watch that film and just mutually agree to dominate the NFL. That's what you do. Have you seen um, Cup's breakdown of the route that scored him that touchdown? Oh, no, I haven't. Yeah, maybe you never seen it. I'll send. No, it to I you haven't. It. Yeah, he please just, do. He just details the route and the coverage like in such uh, detail, like incredible detail, using terms Dude. that most people have never heard of in their entire life and it just sounds really? like it just sounds crazy the way did you see that down. uh did you see the route that uh i believe it was stefan diggs ran last week that nasty on uh touchdown. who was it on on Lattimore? yeah it was so disgusting i think was that, was a, uh, that um mechie ran in the iron bowl i think it was mechie i didn't see it but uh it was, yeah, diggs... the, it was in the fourth overtime to win the game it's like oh, really at the left at the left corner, you run and you fake like you're breaking inside. And you yeah, it's, a, it's called a well. I don't know what the actual terminology is, but I use the play on Madden sometimes. So I'm basically an offensive coordinator. Um, they call it a zig route. So you cut in hard like you're running like a drag or a slant or like yeah. an in route, and then you just cut out as hard as you can. And dude, Diggs made it look so easy. He's such Diggs a good route runner. Right yep. You, who do you, do you think he's the best route runner in the NFL? No, that's Devontae. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, what I think about Devontae, though, I think of just a physical specimen. Who? Devontae? Devontae, yeah. Yeah. He's an animal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah. many good options, though, man. So many good you, ones. You won't, you, get into, top, uh, you won't be a top uh, NFL wide receiver without some degree of route running. Like, true. speed and power won't get you everything. It's like – and even true. if the, even if they – if route running isn't their signature thing, like a guy like – jamar chase they have like there's like they'll be a sneaky good route runner otherwise they wouldn't be good mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah i agree i mean even the huge guys like julio and all those people i mean they're still yeah, elite julio route runners who is a was a fantastic route runner yeah i know that's what i'm saying yeah he's a physical specimen but he also is an elite route runner that's what i mean he's he's a dog um did you did you want to hit on deontay real quick or did you kind of just throw him to the way yeah deontay is too he has a 30 percent target share on the year uh how many targets does he have per game? I know it's a lot. It's like 10 points. A ton. He's getting peppered, man. 10.9 targets per game. Um, That's so yeah. many. Holy That's shit. That's volume. It's a volume. It's not uh, super valuable targets, but they're not like invaluable, like six, eight odd targets. Like Jaylen Yeah, Claypool gets all the valuable targets in the offense. Claypool and Fryermuth usually get those big opportunities for mm-hmm. the big plays. Deontay is more that you need a 15-yard comeback route. He's got you every time. He's I know it's crazy. Like I'll I'll just be checking the box score for the Steelers sometimes. If I'm watching Reds and I'm not like seeing their game a bunch, I'll just check the box score and like Deontay will have like eleven targets, uh nine catches for hundred yards or something, and then Claypool will have seven targets, two catches for sixty yards. It's just like what the hell are they using Claypool like that, man? Yeah, it's weird. Ben Ben always has he's good after the catch too. I, I think they could use him better. 
I totally agree with you, Kosh. That's why I predicted a huge breakout season for Claypool because yeah. he's a stud. And they, if they gave him the workload, he'd be so good. But like they only use him for those deep yeah. threats. He hasn't regressed since his rookie year. His rookie year, obviously, he had like he had better like touchdown luck. He, I don't know, higher catch rate. I guess yeah, the only these thing are that... not these are not very sticky stats. He's on a like no. earning targets perspective and a. Uh, Mar- uh, air yard market share, weighted opportunity, weighted perspective. He's still been good. He hasn't regressed since his rookie year at all. It's been pretty like flat. It's not like he's made a huge jump. Like it's just uh, the touchdowns. It's just the touchdowns. He's just missing those touchdowns that he didn't right, get. You miss on some he deep got targets. You miss on some touchdowns. It's um high variance, right? Yes. So I definitely absolutely. think if they get a good QB upgrade, you'll be seeing big things from Claypool next season. I agree. Yeah, has I really, really hope upside. so. Huge upside. Monstrous upside. And we, yep. we kind of saw flashes of that last season. But uh, yep. one last name I want to throw out there, uh, David Montgomery. I remember oh, – uh, yep. shout out to the Fantasy Footballers, the only fantasy football podcast I listen to on this earth. Mm. Um, love them to death. But David Montgomery uh, apparently has a very weak end-of-season schedule. So, once again, uh-huh. David Montgomery is uh, poised to smash. He had a great game this past week as well. So, David yep. Montgomery, go out there, make a uh, trade for him. If you're the trade deadline hasn't passed for some reason in your league or if you don't have one, uh, consider trading – Sitting on an offer for him. So uh, that's all for me today. I will say before the people go. You should you should listen to the R Squared podcast that I make with uh, Ian Dynasty underscore ad because we were hammering Monty for a different reason, but I think we still came to the same answer because he's one of the he might he is the cheapest workhorse in the um, NFL from like what about Josh Jacobs. To get them on your team. Hmm? What about Josh Jacobs? No, he's not a workhorse. I mean, I think he is, what? man. Nah, he doesn't see their receiving like work, but he's been running more routes over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, Monty's opportunity share is higher. It's his opportunity on the on the year is like opportunity share on the year. I'd have to check, but I think it's like seventy five or more. But that's an easy thing to check. It's um on the year, David Montgomery has an opportunity share of seventy six percent, which is absolutely fantastic. That's insane. That's a workhorse. That'll get you a bunch of carries, a bunch of receiving work, a bunch of touchdowns. And if the schedule's there, then you have a high ceiling for the rest of the season, which is why, yeah, he can be a league winner too. I like it. Absolutely. Good call, Luke. Good call. Thank you, Akash. You're so handsome. I love you. All right, guys, that'll do it for today's episode. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you had a great day. We will see you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.